Everybody's yeah, good. Oh man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Nothing's easy. Nothing's easy in the time of COVID-19, that's for sure. Um, joined here with uh, Bones, DK Golf, and uh, Wildman. Huge score for you guys on the PGA Championship. And, in fact, I don't think a lot of people know, Wildman, uh, how close – you guys came to actually finish in like 15th place. It was Dustin Johnson rallying down the stretch, man. Yeah, we were four, we were in 14th when DJ and Scheffler teed off on 16th. And that was a and and uh, going from uh, second place to 14th place was a $66,000 swing, wasn't it? That's correct. Yeah, I don't know the exact number. I think that's right. Yeah. I mean it was over 65k for sure. That is correct. <clears throat> <laughs> and so just talk about when he ran the when he runs the thing in on 16 Steve and then when he when he runs the putt in on 18 I mean what was the emotion like for you guys the the shot on 16 looking back on it now was unbelievable we we didn't understand its importance until 18 obviously you know yeah. and the crazy thing is man I, I I did I realized the next morning thank God it was the next morning and I realized it Rob I don't even know if you know this but DJ had a six footer for par on seventeen. Oh yeah, Scheffler, Scheffler, and DJ had him, and they both buried him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I never, I, I never saw any bit of the seventeenth. Though I don't think anybody on national TV did. Um, but speaking yeah. of crazy, another crazy story about this this big score for you guys is the morning of you guys sub out Reevy, and who did you throw in Kisner or was it uh, Schefter that you threw or Sheffer Sheffley? Excuse me. <laughs> it was Scheffler. Scotty. Uh, we were calling him Scotty all weekend. It was Adam Schefter, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Robbie, tell us a little bit about that, man. You wake up and you're like, I just don't want to play Reevy. You had a feeling, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, it, um, you know, you, uh, you want to play Scheffler at like, long courses, and um, this is a long course. Reevy's not really a long player. He, he's just been playing so well and has great history at PGA Championships. Um, but then, actually, I got on the sports book. And was looking at the odds, and I noticed that Scotty Scheffler was like thirty-three to one, to win, and and Reeve was like all the way back to sixty-five to one, and they're the same price on DK. So um, you know, with all that in play, Scheffler was playing incredible. He had great uh, history, or he had great uh, the last three tournaments. He played great again uh, in the wind. He, he gets a lot of birdies. So I just called Podman and I said, "Hey, man, I hope this doesn't cost a lot of money, but." I, the late swap's usually a jinx, but I want Scheffler in the lineup. Well, and we, we, we did it. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible call, and uh, got you guys second place. Congratulations on that. I know you guys have been grinding for a long time, Steve and uh, and Rob. That's that's just terrific for you guys. When you're talking about the PGA Championship, uh, the Wyndham, you know, they're somewhat similar. The Wyndham this week at Sedgefield Country Club in Greens, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. It's the biggest field of the year, 156 players. It's the last event before the FedEx playoffs. I think, uh, what, the top 125 get in. And it's similar to Harding Park where the PGA just visited for the championship because it's not very long. It favors guys that play accurately more than lengthy, I'd say. And it's a course that, that favors scoring. We're going to see a ton of birdies out there. So, Steve... Um, you know, what kind of stats are you looking at this week? What do you think are most important? Well, you just you just nailed it, man. The you know, and, and it goes for every DraftKings tournament. Like even back to Scheffler over Reedy. We, you know, Rob and I talked the day before, and I'm pretty sure I said verbatim, Reedy's not Reedy doesn't scare me. 
<laughs> you know, like there's no FOMO with Chaz Brevey. And the reason why is because he's like a plotter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that works in some tournaments where you just got to like have bogey avoidance and, and grind, like Patrick Reeves and, and Reeves and those kinds of guys. This tournament clearly is a tournament where you have to make birdies. So I'm looking more at that than I am at any legit stat. Like the guys that we're playing, the guys that we're zeroing in on, can they make 25 birdies this week? You know, that's the first question I'm asking. And and we'll get to uh, some of those guys here in just a second, Rob. But let me ask you the same question. Coming off a hot streak and, and, and doing your research, as I know you do, what are the stats you're looking for as you're going to form your lineup this week? Yeah, I just look – I love uh, recent form, obviously, and guys with irons that stick them and can make putts. Um, a lot of people are going to overlook putting each week because, you know, it could be a streaky thing. But um, history shows that you need a good putter here. And obviously, you need a good putter to make 20 to 21 birdies or 25 birdies. So I'm going to really focus on birdie and better and approach the green and probably focus a little bit on driving accuracy, it seems to be, as well. So I'll look, uh, look at that as well. I think driving accuracy is going to be real important. Steve, what about proximity? That's always a – it seems like the winner is usually – the winner of each tournament each week is somewhere near the top in proximity. Do you think that's going to be important on a course – where you're going to see a ton of birdies. I mean, the, the winner of this tournament usually shoots 20 under par or better. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely, because most tournaments, no matter no matter what kind of grass it's on, no matter what the length of the course is, um, you know, that doesn't change the percentage drastically of making a 40-footer, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, every tour player is still going to be three to five percent to make a 40 footer so proximity breeds opportunity and you know it's that simple right we've all played golf everybody who's listening to this has played golf but you got a much much better chance of making a 15 footer than you do a 40 footer who are some of these chalk guys that we're looking at high ownership rates i've heard a lot about paul casey this week you always hear about brooks kepka i mean webb simpson when you look at webb simpson's stats relative to this course it's no wonder why he's the favorite this week. He, he is he is in the top 10 in probably 10 of the most important categories when it comes to Sedgefield here. Patrick Reed makes a ton of birdies. Horschel sneaking up on the back end, I think, a top-tier guys. Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Robbie, out of those chalk guys, who do you think is going to have the highest ownership? Well, it, it's definitely going to be Webb Simpson this week, uh, for sure. Uh, rightfully so. Uh, he has great history here. I don't think you really need to overthink that. I don't think the money is going to come from this top range here. I think you can pretty much pick whoever you want, and they're probably going to be up there for you. I think you really need to focus a little bit down low this week. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a gamble this week. I mean, uh, you know, course history is here, but there's not many guys that, um, you know, show up here uh, each year. So it's going to be an interesting week. I think Rob brings up a good point that, a lot of these chalk guys are going to be scoring very low numbers or throwing very low numbers. But, Steve, out of those guys that maybe I just mentioned, those six or seven or eight at the top that I didn't mention maybe, even if I missed, left somebody out there, who's getting the most value as a chalk guy this week on DraftKings? That value, I mean, I, I think it's actually going to be Kepka. I mean, I think everybody's a little, little uh, soured on his, his whole like I'm the greatest in the world, you know, last week and then and then shooting the seventy four or whatever it was on Sunday. 
I haven't really heard his name. And it is hard to argue Webb Simpson because, it, I mean, this tournament should be called the Webb Simpson Open for crying out loud. Like, he's, he's going to – he might set a record for the most ownership. They're ever. actually, like, molding a statue as we speak right now out front of uh, out front of Sedgwood to – or Sedgefield to, to <laughs> greet him when he arrives. I mean, it really seems like they want to hand him this golf tournament in the mainstream media, dude. It really does. I mean, they almost want to just give it to him. You know? It can be scary, you know, because – if he if he just has an average week with the putter, you know he could finish like twelfth or thirteenth. I was gonna say it really just seems off. like I mean you look at his stats; it's almost laughable when you look at the stats because you're like, oh my gosh, he's he's eleventh in proximity, he's eleventh in stroke gain uh, approach, he's he's fourteenth in putting average, he's fifth in birdie percentage, and these things are just jumping out at you like, man, this this course is designed for him, but. His ownership is going to be so high, it almost just seems like too much of a slam dunk. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Right, Rob? Um, not necessarily. I think sometimes chalk is good chalk, and I think I'm not going to overthink it this week. I'm going to try to work around him, honestly. I'm going to obviously throw in a few lineups without Webb, but uh, I like him this week. And just to let you guys know, according to FantasyNational.com, Fleetwood is projected to be the lowest owned out of the top. 10,000 uh, range as of right now. Lots can change, but as of right now, pretty would. That's a really good uh, piece of information right there. Thanks for sharing that. All right, rapid fire. I'm going to throw off a couple guys at you here and uh, just tell me what you think about them this week. Let's go back to your bread and butter. Start with Steve uh, Kisner, man. How do you like him this week? He sets up nicely for this golf course, too. He ranks in the top 50 in a lot of important stats from 125 to 150 in. He's in the top 50 from uh, driving accuracies in the top 50. Average distance birdie putt made. He's in the top 20. What do you think of Kisner, Steve? I love Kisner this week. He's, he's uh, in my opinion, 800 to 1,000 lower than he should be. If you look at the guys above him, and I'll even put Tommy Fleetwood in this mix, um, potentially even Paul Casey. Like, like, you guys know how many wins on tour Paul Casey has since 2009? I don't. Two. Two wins, and they're both at the same course, the Valspar. Valspar, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy who's won the WGC event, you know, he's played in President's Cups, Ryder Cups, got a couple other wins. He's played on big stages, um, and he's a birdie maker, plain and simple, you know. I, I like him a lot this week, especially at that price. Robbie, uh, we saw this guy on your Twitter feed about, uh, I think you posted it yesterday or this morning, Norlander. Talk about him. Yeah, Henrik Norlander. I mean, I was shocked to see him down at $7,300. I mean, I, I was going to consider playing this guy at 8000 the dude's been red hot. Um, he is an iron player. He nails putts. I've been playing him literally the last four times he's played, and he's come through for me every time. Kind of like uh, the Max Homa run last year when he just got caught fire. So I just don't see how he's so low priced. I think he's a slam dunk. Uh, love Henrik Norlander this week. A guy you like a lot, Steve, that I think's flying under the radar, but but he's, uh, what, top top. 25, I think, in birdie percentage. Chase Connors, talk about him. What, what's so special about him this week? Yeah, Connors, he, he's a he's historically been a really bad putter, uh, but an awesome, awesome tee to green player. So so he, he tends to be there in most tournaments he plays in, too. Like, you see his name near the top of the leaderboard. And my take on really every tournament is that Putting is something that you cannot predict, 
and I think you're wasting your time trying to put any value into it as if you're going to know what, you know, what's going to happen. Like if this guy's going to be reading the putts correctly tomorrow or where the holes are going to be cut or whatever. So my, my, one of my number one things I start with in every event on the tour is tee to green. You know, who's going to have the chance to putt above average and make a move. And he checked all those boxes for me, tee to green. Rob, so I, 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 I love him. Rob, another guy you had on your Twitter feed for telly. Uh, is an interesting pick. What do you like about him? Um, you know, he's just a guy that I typically actually don't play that much, but um, you just look at his recent form, uh, 33rd, 18th, 22nd in his last three, uh, 25 birdies at the 3M. Uh, he's just a streaky player. Uh, he's a, What is he ranked in the world, Wildman? Do you know? Who? Uh, Who? Fratelli? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to say like 70, 75 to 80, something like that. Yeah, I just think um, this week, Edge, a lot of people are going to be focused on Neiman, Ryan Moore, Snedeker, Doc Redman. I think it's a great spot for Fratelli here. I just don't think he's going to be high-owned. Um, he's 96, by the way. 96. 96 in the world. I just think um, he's a great pivot play off a lot of these guys that are going to be popular in my opinion. A guy that Rob just mentioned that kind of jumps off the page statistically for this setup, Ryan Moore, Steve. What do you think about him? Yeah, Rob's gonna laugh because Ryan Moore's been my guy. I mean, I had I had significant money on him in the Tour Championship a few years ago. He lost to McIlroy in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he's he's a hard guy to predict. Like like he withdrew from the PGA Championship last week with a scheduling conflict. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> okay. That was strange. That was strange. Like two days before the two days before the <laughs> event. And, yeah. And, and, you know, you guys, like, I don't know if you know this either, but he was the last guy on the PGA Tour to not take sponsorship money. So if you remember a few years back, he, he would wear, like, plain blue hats. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That was Ryan Moore. Like, That's right. What yeah, a weirdo. Like, what a weirdo. Like, normal shirt. So he's just, like, a, an enigmatic guy for yeah. sure. And uh, Ryan Normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I was on. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Steve. I was actually on Ryan Moore. I was going to make a case for this guy until you just told me that right there—that he had a scheduling conflict. I heard that earlier this week. I'm glad you reminded me. How do you make a scheduling conflict for the biggest, one of the four biggest tournaments of the year? I mean, what happened? Well, how do you, how do you withdraw like two days, forty-eight hours before your tee time? With yeah. a schedule, like you didn't know the PGA Championship was coming up. Yeah, it's, he's just a weird guy. I, I, I yeah. think he's a guy, though. Like, typically DraftKings ownership, it, there's a there's a massive recency bias, and him doing that, and really not having like great great stats recently, consistently at least. Um, I think he's I think he's a play that like I'm nervous about. I mean, mm -hmm. I like him, but mm -hmm. I'm I'm really nervous about him. Well, regardless of his, of his personal, you know, behavior, uh, he does statistically jump off the page. Maybe he had COVID nineteen, which, <laughs> yeah, which by yeah. the way, could have. You know, doesn't doesn't exist, right? Yeah, could have. Um, <laughs> Rob, let's go back to your bread and butter, Reevy. This week, you know, his his stats are pretty good for this tournament. What do you? He's he's pretty overvalued, though. I feel like at eighty four, that, that's pretty expensive for him. What are your thoughts on him, Rob? Yeah, eighty four hundred bucks. I mean, come on. Uh, that's pretty expensive for Ches Reeby. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he play he's playing great. 
two top tens. Uh, you know, I just I don't really like his price this week. I think you can get way more value there. So it's, it's going to be a pass for me on Chesley. Steve, uh, a chalk guy, or he used to be a chalk guy, Jordan Spieth. How's he going to do this weekend? Oh, geez, I, I'm I'm off him big time. I mean, I just, it, you know, I'll lick my wounds the day he wins again. I just don't see it happening. Like, uh, this isn't this isn't going to give you like any statistical data necessarily, but when you look at his swing, he just it just looks choppy. It looks ugly. You know, I just don't think he has has any game left. He, he he was magical. I mean, it doesn't have any game left. He's only like twenty five years old, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> he can figure it out, I'm sure. But and he's good at. Yeah, I don't know. It out I mean, someday. I don't know. I, I I'd be stunned if he wins on if he ever wins a major again for sure. I'll be stunned if he even makes the tour championship in the next couple of years. I mean, he just thinks he's only missed one cut since being back. Uh, all right, I got I got a couple more for you guys here. We got your opinion on Spieth. He stinks, according to Steve, and his career's over at 25. But let's um, move on here, Rob. <laughs> we only have a few more left. Brendan Todd, he is a Pittsburgh native from our hometown, actually, Rob, uh, or or right next door to our hometown. He he looks good on paper for this tournament, man. And I know we talked a little bit about him off the air. What do you think about Brendan Todd? Yeah, he's a great player this week. You can't deny him. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think there's anything you can say bad about him right now. The guy is fighting on his iron. Uh, been playing great. Pittsburgh kid, too, so I'll probably plug him in just because of that and hopefully it pays off. Uh, but I like Brendan Todd. I think it's uh, a full go. At 89, that's like, I mean, that's a, that's like a really competitive price for that guy because he's got to perform for sure. But again, like I said, his stats kind of jump off the page at you. Steve, I just got a couple more with you. Don't laugh at me when I say this either. I know Steve wants to laugh at me, but this guy's number one in driving accuracy. He's uh, 11th in proximity. He's 17th in stroke gain on approach. The veteran, the grizzled veteran. I think he's playing on the senior tour a couple events. Jim Furyk, Furyk? Steve. Yeah, Furyk. How do wow. you like about him? I, I actually <laughs> like his value a lot this week. <laughs> Rob, I was talking to Rob earlier uh, yesterday, and, and, and Furyk came, came up, showed up in like somebody's power rankings. And I believe the term I, I used was, that guy's a dinosaur. Yeah, I, yeah. I, think he, I think I heard somebody say he played in a senior tour event. I, I could be totally wrong on he, that. He is 50. <laughs> Actually, he won. He won yeah. in his senior tour debut. Yeah, that's what they told me. That's what they told me. He just won a tournament on the senior tour. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought about it. I'm like, maybe he is old enough. Yeah, but, no, no thanks. No thanks. I mean, again, he, he's a guy like, <laughs> if, if I was betting him to make the cut, I'd be listening. Yeah, I was talking about Reed earlier, I think, in, in this type of category, like the plotter category, and I think it was a disservice to Reed, actually, because he's pretty sweet, and he can adapt to any situation. But but I would put Furick and Reedy in the same boat, and what I mean by that is you're just not going to – you're not going to get burned by these guys. You want, you want high ownership on these guys because they stink from a DraftKings perspective. They might shoot 11 under – and have and have you know thirteen birdies and two bogeys and just plot like like Furyk'll Furyk'll have seventeen straight pars right. in a round, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not, it's, 
Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna compete in a in a golf tournament, but it's not gonna compete in a DraftKings contest. That's for sure. Rob, we want to keep this moving along here real quick. So, uh, pick one or the other: J.T. Poston, Harris English. A lot of guys talking about. I've heard about these guys and the research I've done. Any chance for them this week? Harris English is a good play. I think he's gonna be the second highest owned guy uh, the week behind Webb Simpson. I think we're gonna see a lot of Webb Simpson and Harris English combos. But I like him. He's a good player. All right, I'm gonna. I got, I got, I got a couple things real quick just to add on Poston. This tournament last year was the first tournament since 1978, I believe, in which a player did not record a bogey in all four rounds, and it was Poston. He did not record a single bogey at this tournament last year, and he won it, by the way. Um, but he's dead last in strokes gained approach since the COVID comeback. So, I mean, have fun with that one. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, that's a big statistic at, uh, at Sedgefield, man. There's no doubt about that. Um, last couple minutes here, guys. Uh, we'll start with Steve, then we'll go over to Bones DK Golf. Uh, top picks of the week for you, Steve. Uh, if you had to put, pick a guy from each tier or, or give me your top three golfers you like this week. Um, my, my top golfer is going to be uh, Webb Simpson. I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. You know, you, you're, if you're not picking him, you're you're trying to be clever. Right. Um, and then, you know, down in that mid-tier range, I, I do like Harris English in his form, but I also love Kisner. And then um, the range below that, I'm going to throw in a dark horse, and it is Sabatini. Mm-hmm. I like Sabatini a lot this week. Mm-hmm. He's he's statistically a ghost right now in the top 100, statistically speaking. But um, he's a grizzled veteran, man. He 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 uh, he's he's been there before, that's for sure. And when birdies are a plenty, Rory Sabatini is going to get his hands on some, that's for sure. Yeah, you Rob, know what's crazy about him? Yeah. Real quick, guys, let me just add this like 30 seconds in on Sabatini. So, and I can't confirm this now because I haven't read about it in a few months. But he he's born in I think. Uh, He's either born in Czech Republic and, and it identifies as South African or vice versa. And he's trying to qualify for the Olympics. So it's probably Czech Republic. I think he's trying to qualify for the Olympics for the Czech team. So just keep that in mind. You know, he's playing for something that we don't even know. Like No one even knows what the hell's going on. That's a good. He's, he's playing for something. That's a good point. You can follow him on Bones DK Golf. We saw them earlier uh, today or yesterday. Rob depends on when you're listening. I guess your top three tiers. Go ahead. Who are your top three plays? Uh, I love Billy Horschel this week. Uh, he gets birdies. He's been in great form. Uh, he's been trending backwards a little bit, but he's been making every cut, and he has great history at this course. Uh, I love Billy Horschel this week at uh, ninety one hundred bucks. Um, I love Hendrick Norlander. We kind of already hit on him, but um, we'll make it short. Must play. Uh, he again. He's just been. I've been watching him play the last four four tournaments, and he's been playing incredible, just pin seeking, and uh, really just hitting putts. Um, I love the guy this week, and um, one more play this week. Wildman kind of took my Kisner play. I don't want to double down on him. I love Kevin Kisner this week. I, I think a dark horse this week, honestly, is Tommy Fleetwood. I, I just think I, I haven't put him in a, any lineup yet, but 
Don't be surprised if he's in the top five and making a run. Yeah, he's not a dark horse. He's one of he's one. He's like second most expensive or fourth most expensive on DraftKings right now. But I agree with you. He's got he's got a fantastic chance to win. Um, Zero PGA Tour wins for Fleetwood. That's pretty incredible. That $2, is pretty incredible. Right there. More than Kevin Kisner. I, I don't know. Yeah. He's just um, he's getting and this is a weaker field. I I, I think. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna root for Tommy Fleetwood. Who is this Bezenuden House? Is that is that how you say that? Christian Bezudenhut. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at stats right now. He's got some interesting stats here. Any any uh, is he a sleeper? I think so. I think I think if you're I think if you're down in that range of like 7,900 to 7,500, uh, there's an argument for him. Okay, he'll, so, he'll garner way less ownership, in my opinion, than than Moore, Fratelli, Connors, um, you know, and guys down there. So he, you know, and and I believe he's twenty eighth or maybe thirty eighth in the world ranking right now. So that's a stat you've got to keep in mind because we're over here on the, you know, in the United States, and we don't know what's going on over in Europe on the tour, mm-hmm. European tour, most of the time. Mm-hmm. And these dudes are accumulating points in really strong fields, you know. And uh, and so, you know, that that translates to any golf course. Okay. I like what uh, DK Bone said uh, with uh, Horschel. I think Horschel's just going to be firing birdies. I think another guy that's just going to tear this place apart, who's won here before, is Patrick Reed. I love Patrick Reed this week, even though I don't think he's that great of a guy. Um <laughs> I just don't. I actually personally want Patrick Reed at a harder course, um, where you make less birdies. That's my opinion. A lot of people are high on him this week. I I want him at a harder course. That's that's my. He's just so good, and he's red hot from the COVID comeback. If you want to talk about COVID comeback, I don't think he's missed a cut. I think he's been in the top twenty the last four tournaments too. Maybe even three top tens out of those last four tournaments. I could be wrong about that. Everything about him. It is. I mean, he's, he's, he's a punk. What, what do you? What can you say? But but he's he's a hell of a golfer. I mean, there's a story about him when he was at Valdosta State that he would just walk into a bar or walk into the locker room and be like, "I'll kick any one of your asses at golf right now." <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if he was pulling an O'Banion in in the Valdosta State locker room. But uh, regardless, I'm going to give you two real quick picks here, guys, because we got to go. And, and I know you guys are the experts here, but I think uh, I'm good. I'm, I'm playing with my heart on this pick in Sergio Garcia. I like this guy. I always have, and, and I'm I'm looking for him to uh, maybe win you some money this week if you if you need a value pick. Another value pick. Sergio Garcia. Yeah, Sergio. Um, Maverick McNeely. Uh, he is really good statistically in a lot of the big uh, st- uh, statistical categories that we need or you would want to have in your DK lineup, and uh, he might be able to win you. So those are my two little closet picks right there for you guys. Rob, Steve, it's always good to have you here. Uh, you can follow Steve on Twitter, TWMan66. You can uh, follow Robbie on Twitter, Bones DK Golf. Did we leave anything out? Did we leave anyone out, guys? Any final thoughts before we sign off? You... Uh... You know Sergio? <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, you, you know who else I love? I love him, and I and I didn't make a case for him today, but I believe Justin Rose is going to have a great weekend, and I hope he wins. I like Justin Rose a lot. You guys know that. Everybody else, I'm one of the only guys on planet Earth, I think, that does, but I like Rosie. I'm fading all three guys you mentioned this week, so, uh, you know, one of us is going to win something. <laughs> my, my final thoughts are these. 
two, two quick things. Rose is a guy who is built to make money on DraftKings. You know, he's he's just nobody likes him. He's just kind of so vanilla, <laughs> and vanilla, and he's always like you know he's always um in that mid top tier. But he's again he's a guy that's probably seventh or eighth in the world right now. I was gonna I don't listen, man. He was he was probably aggregate eighteen inches away from being eleven under par and like getting into third place at the PGA, dude. I mean, he just missed his eight his putt on the 18th. He's he's a good putter, man, and he gets to the green in regulation. And when you're able yeah, to I do that, here, I wouldn't feel comfortable betting against him. Uh, the the other guy I really just want to mention is my final thought is Harmon, Brian Harmon. Uh, Rob and I have talked in length about this guy, and uh, you know he he made 23 birdies and two eagles a few weeks ago, and he finished t 41. Okay. He ended up being the 12th highest DraftKings scorer in that event as the 41st finisher. So th- there's a great counterpoint to what I was saying about Reeve and Furyk. You know, those guys may have finished 20 spots ahead of him, yet scored 20 less points than him. And uh, last year at this event, four rounds in the 60s. 67, 65, 66, 66. A lot and of... A lot of guys shoot in the 60s at this tournament, though, all four rounds. So that's a bonus you'll want to keep an eye out for on DK. Yeah, it's a big bonus there. Robbie, uh, what do you got, of, man? Let's make it a lot of money. Get it in as quick as you can. Final thought. Uh, no, I love the conversation. I threw it all out there. Uh, you know, let's go Hendrick Norlander, top five bet. I'm going to bet him top five with my free bet that I got from DraftKings, uh, $74. That's it. All right. My name is Edge. Thanks for listening, guys. Good luck this weekend.